Well, hey there, everyone, and welcome to episode number 14 of the Just Asia podcast. My name is Kevin O'Shea. I am a Canadian who lives and works in Asia. I'm currently based in Shenzhen, China, for just, but just for a few more weeks, and I'm going to be on my way out of China after six years of working and living here with my family, and uh, we're on uh, the road to new adventures. <clears throat> now, last week, Jason Reagan uh, took the time to sit down with us here at the podcast, and it was a fantastic story he shared of his very interesting life and what he's doing right now in Beijing, China. And uh, I want to thank all of you for listening and giving me such positive feedback on the podcast. I've really heard some great things. So yeah, some updates since last week. Quickly, I'll shout out um, the Arthropod, which is the entomology podcast. I was interviewed by Dr. Jody Green um, for the latest episode of the Arthropod. There will be a link below in the show notes. And the episode is all about me being um, a bug-loving educator. So someone who uses insects in education. And I do. I use bugs, live bugs, real bugs, and all kinds of things about bugs to connect children with nature and to teach them the importance of biodiversity and the importance of nature. And um, yeah, it's all kind of my lifelong quest to create new generations of environmental stewards. So the link will be in the show notes below, but go check out my interview uh, where I was interviewed. The, The roles were reversed and I was the interviewee on the latest episode of The Arthropod, which is a, a very science-heavy, insect-heavy um, podcast, but <clears throat> I was, uh, I'm was i a fanboy of it, so it was pretty exciting for me to be on it. Um, so this week in the podcast, for episode number 14, uh, we're taking a pop over to Korea for the first time, <clears throat> and I am um, chatting with Sean Morrissey, who is a Canadian who has been living in South Korea for more than 20 years, and he does some pretty fascinating things. He works in the travel industry, and He's a guide. He's a professional guide. He's a researcher, a folklorist, um, a historian, a writer. He does a lot of things, wears a lot of hats. And what's really cool is that I first met Sean back in 2002 when I was an English teacher in South Korea. And he was an English teacher at that time. Um, He has long since left that profession and moved on to um, some very different ones, uh, very different things. And you're going to hear all about that. So for all of you fine folks out there listening to the Just Asia podcast, sit back and listen to my interview with Sean. Sean Morrissey, a Canadian, a long-term expat in South Korea, who teaches people and shows people the darker side of Korea. Ooh, scary. Just Asia listeners, uh, we're back for another episode, and I'm really happy to introduce Sean Morrissey. Um, And uh, Sean is coming to us from Korea today. And I was wondering, Sean, if you could tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and where you're from and what you do in Korea. Sure. Yeah. At uh, first, thanks, Kevin, for having me on. Um, I'll say every, a lot of people probably don't know that we met for the first time probably over 20 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Over 20 years ago, yeah, we met yeah, in yeah. Ilsan, Ilsan, South Korea. And I was, uh, when That's I was, right. when I was there as an English teacher, I think probably would have been my first year, second year. I got there in uh, February of 2002 is when I arrived in Korea. Um, okay. Right. Right. And okay. I mean, yeah. but it was a, it was a bit of time. It was a little bit of time after that that I before I I, I met you actually. Um, yeah, yeah, I think yeah, it was right. That's right. Yeah. yeah, those are good days, man. Back at Don't Go and stuff like that. Those were good days. That's <laughs> something that may come up later in the podcast, maybe too. Maybe, a little, maybe. little bit, a smidgen, smidgen okay. of stuff. Not a too many, bit. Yeah. not too many details. Yeah, yeah but uh, right. But yeah, so you're in Korea, and yeah, so um, yes. can you let let the listeners know. Yeah, a little mm. bit about who you are. 
Yeah, well, I'm from Canada, same coast as you. I'm from, but one province over. I'm from Newfoundland and Labrador. And uh, uh, yeah, I am. Uh, I when I first came to Korea, I've been in Korea now 23 years. Uh, I came as an English teacher, and that's pretty much how I think people get their start in Korea. They come exactly. as as teachers. Um, but um, yeah, I moved away from teaching. I don't teach anymore. Um, I always had it in the back of my mind to get into tourism. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so eventually that's what happened. And um, uh, so I left teaching as a full-time job, maybe around 2007 or eight. Oh, I think really? It was. That long ago. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a while. Um, and so I uh, just did it part-time because I needed to make money still. Yeah. And um I started off, um, got into tourism studies and heritage studies is actually my, my background okay. and, uh, heritage research and heritage interpretation, which is, uh, uh, essentially a form of communication that's used in the tourism industry. It's used by docents and in museology and things like that, but specifically I use it as a professional, uh, guide. Mm -hmm. Um, and the background of my interest in heritage is folklore. So okay. I'm very deeply, very deeply interested in folklore and being a Newfoundlander um, and you as a Nova Scotian as well. There's yeah. a ton of folk traditions uh, in Eastern Canada. And I grew yeah. up just bathed in that stuff, yeah, uh, exactly. ghost stories and um, certain days of the year where you do certain things. And um, yeah, so it was just part of my background. Uh, and then, um, yeah, I turned it into a career and um now I uh, I work pretty much full time as a, as a tour guide. That's awesome. Um, and we're gonna, mm. folks, we're gonna get more into that as we progress through the, mm. the conversation. Um, but I find mm. that fascinating. I mean, I just like within my own family. I mean, I grew up in Cape Breton Island in in, in Nova Scotia, yeah. and um, <clears throat> my father worked his entire career for Parks Canada, um, and he was a resource manager at the Fortress of Lewisburg, a historian. Um, All right. And actually, my son just finished writing a biography about my father for um, no way for, for his awesome. humanities grade seven humanities class. And actually, my father was the first superintendent of. Um, let me see. He was the first superintendent of Castle Hill in uh, Placentia Bay, Newfoundland. Oh, and Newfoundland. He was, oh. And he was also a superintendent of Signal Hill National Historic Site uh, oh, in Newfoundland so before. Newfoundland. And I, I've um, been to both. Yeah. And, and it just, it just, you know, I, I grew up, I grew up with, um, you know, working at the fortress of Lewisburg as an animator, um, a historical animator during my summers. My mother was a tour guide, professional tour guide there for her entire career until she retired. So this is all stuff I'm familiar with. And being a Cape Bretoner, cool. I'm also someone who loves folklore. You know, when I was going yeah. to university at, at the university of Cape Breton, I, I ate up all the, all the, the kind of local folklore books I could in the library and, um, love the superstitions right. of the people of Cape Breton right. and the East Coast of Canada. And I found that for myself yeah. anyway, um, living when I lived in Japan, I didn't know so much in my days in Korea, but in Japan anyways, I, you know, married a, a Japanese person and, and got to know more. I was really enthralled with the superstitions that they had in Japan and how there was a lot of this kind of interesting kind of weaving of those superstitions, similar things, you know? Um, mm -hmm. yeah, but, but yeah. 
And it's it's really cool. And we're I'll jump into your podcast in a little bit. But before we go sure. into that, I'm I'm curious. Um, and I, I it's one of the things that I love doing this podcast about is talking to really interesting people in different countries and finding out how they ended up where they are, especially people <laughs> people who, you know, you you just mentioned you've been in Korea for 23 years. Um, yeah. you know, and I, I think maybe a lot of us who are English teachers had similar stories, but what got you there and um how how'd that happen? What was your your Korea origin story? Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's a bit interesting. Interesting to me, I guess. Anyway, but I was uh, I had moved away from Newfoundland, and I was I went to Ontario, Northern Ontario, uh, in Sudbury. No, yeah, Sudbury. Then I was down in Kitchener, uh, and then I moved uh, out to BC, and uh, I became a tree planter there. Uh, got hurt tree planting, and uh, then looked into options, things to do, and I was. I was studying and whatnot, but uh, I decided to, um, I was 21 and I thought, hey, well, I can st- I'm studying, but I can also travel. And um, it just kind of occurred to me that I could travel. It's like, I don't have to stay here. And I was always interested in East Asian culture, especially Japan and China, mm-hmm. but um, mostly just through studying on my own. And I, I read, uh, so many books and I was really interested in Taoism and Buddhism and and the philosophy Zen and whatnot. And, um, just kind of stuff I picked up on my own, but I didn't know very much about Korea. The only thing I really knew about Korea is that it was in East Asia and there was a war in the 20th century at some point. And I think I remember that just because like from high school history class, like 20th century history. Yeah. And I think we only learned that because Canada fought in the war. That's the only reason I knew about it. Yeah. And it's not like today where Korea's pop culture is really expanding. It's becoming way more well known. Yeah. But not then, not back then. Yeah. No, not at, 99. Not yeah. No. And, um, and so I said, okay, well, I'm going to travel. I'm going to save up. I can keep studying, but I can travel and uh, I'll go to Korea. I'll learn about Korea in Korea. And mm-hmm. that'll be the first place outside of North America that I'll visit. Yeah. And I arrived, I fell in love with it pretty quick. Um, I was in a romantic stage for quite a while. And I knew after a month I was going to stay a year. I remember the moment. Okay. I was in I was in the the housing provided to me by the Hogwan, which was for anyone who doesn't know, it's the the English Academy that I worked at. And I was looking at the window, I was in Juyop. You remember Geop? Geop Station? Yeah, area? I, li- I lived there for a, a brief period of a couple of months while um, a school owner kind of bounced me around between a couple of apartments. But yeah, I remember that area oh, for sure. Right, right. So so I was there and I was looking out the window in Geop and it it, uh, it it struck me, I'm going to stay longer. I'm staying at least another year. Mm-hmm. And uh, that romantic period lasted for, for quite some time. And um and I got into Korean um, culture and um, not so much into the history, a, a bit, but um, mostly into the heritage and the folklore and whatnot pretty quick, probably within my second year. And I really started um, uh, learning a lot about it. And uh, that was it. That's what kind of set me on my way. Cool. So, that I mean, that's uh, something I was really curious about, that 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 love of Korean folklore and, and, and history. Like when I listened to you on the um, dark side of soul podcast, which you co-host mm-hmm. with uh, Joe McPherson, you guys mm-hmm. talk a lot about history and a lot about folklore. Obviously it's a, you know, it's a, it's a topical podcast and, and I've listened to um, 
you know, quite a few episodes and you definitely know your stuff. You're, you're well-read oh. and you're clearly something that is, it, you can come through that you're very passionate about. You care deeply about. Um, and I, I can remember it. Now this could be a foggy memory, but I remember years ago, like a lot of my memories in those days were foggy, but I can remember years <laughs> ago, one of the times when maybe I'd, I hadn't known you very long, but I can remember, um, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, but you had written some books or you had published a book quite early on in your days there. Am I correct? I can remember this yeah. going to me in a bar at one point, um, not long after I met you that something, and it was about hiking. Am I right? Or something about mountains? Uh, it was poetry. Poetry. Uh, okay. yeah, it was a book of poetry about, um, uh, about Korea. Mm-hmm. And there were, there were a lot of books or there were a lot of poems that were, uh, set in, um, set in the mountains i had a whole chapter about mountain mountain because i remember i remember our conversations back 20 years ago 20 some years ago and and you were (laughs) such an enthusiastic hiker and i can remember you talking about like all the 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 pukan san and all the different places you've been going to um and uh, i was pretty impressed because um one of my memories of you was that you know a lot of people we met um, in those days, back in the 2000s, teaching English <laughs> in that scene, may not really have had their stuff together, we shall say. Um, <laughs> we were young. <laughs> we were young, but some people, and, and, you know, you know, partied a little harder than others. And I can remember um, yeah. seeing that you had you know, published a book and you were so enthusiastic with the stuff. And for me, that set you apart from maybe a lot some of the other riffraff, um, which I may, <laughs> may or may not have been guilty of being sometimes. Um, I was definitely part of the riffraff. We've matured. We've matured greatly. Um, oh, okay. Well, then. slow down. Slow oh, okay. Down well, okay. <laughs> so, so, I mean, you, uh, you know, you've, you've got this passion for folklore and it's something that you said earlier mm-hmm. that it's something that you kind of grew up with being, being a Newfoundlander. I mean, you know, I know that mm-hmm. people from Newfoundland are storytellers and that's one of the things I yeah. love about podcasting. It's such a, mm-hmm. a modern form of, of documenting storytelling and, and sharing stories. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, let's, I w- I'd like to dig a little deeper into, or just not maybe I'm, I'm curious. Um, I suppose I know the already uh, the, the reasons why you've been in, in, in Korea so long, but it, uh, I often, I'm curious mm-hmm. when I do meet an expat who has been mm-hmm. either in China or Japan or Korea for, you know, 20 years, what's kept you there? Mm-hmm. Because I mean, it, it really is a revolving door. I mean, I remember like, yeah. I remember like being in South Korea, like in the early two thousands and signing like my third contract and having people say, man, you're a lifer. <laughs> like, all right. You're going to be here for yeah. three years. Lifer. You're a lifer. <laughs> like a, in a very, such a pejorative way. Um, you know, yeah. and I stayed in Korea for five years. It was, it was all together. And then yeah. I, and then I left and moved on to, to different things. Mostly I I met my, soon to be Japanese wife in Korea in Busan. Mm. And that's why I left Korea. Yeah. I left, I I messed, I met her in, in Korea. Um, so, um, what, what is, I mean, yeah, I I suppose I know some of the reasons, but what, what has kept you there for 20, 20 some years? Yeah. Well, um, in my fifth year, yeah, I guess I was going into my fifth year. It was around 2005. I think it, I think it was, uh, I was prepping to leave. And I, um, I had fallen fallen in love with Nepal. Okay, yeah. And I had been to the I've been to the Himalaya and um, took a big trip there with Luke, a friend of ours. Okay, yeah, mutual friend. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Luke also also from Nova Scotia, and um, and so 
I just completely fell in love with it, with Nepal. And I was enamored with it and, and the, the mountain culture. And it was a new, it was a new thing. I had been in Korea five years and I thought, okay, I'm going to move on. And uh, I said, if I ever want to come back to Korea, it will be here. So I'll try something else. Yeah, I had yeah. really nothing. I didn't really have anything in Korea keeping me here at the time. Yeah. And so I was looking, I had a dog. I don't know if you remember, I had a big dog back in the yeah. day. I remember, yeah, remember? Yeah. Lakota, and so I was looking into getting, getting him to Nepal, like how I would do it, uh, vaccinate, whatever you know, the yeah, yeah, stuff yeah. you have to go through. And so looking into it, and um, right around that time, actually, I had gone to Japan and I I hiked up Fuji. Okay, yeah, and uh, met with uh, I think also a mutual friend, Japanese friend, Hiro Hiro Fumi. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. Met met uh, met Hito in in he picked me up in Narita and then we we went and went to his parents' house and hung out and we went up Fuji and whatnot and the whole time I was in Fuji I was loving it and then I was thinking it's like yeah I'm gonna go to Nepal this was this was in the back of my head mm-hmm. and then I came back to Korea and we had a big party um, at Funky Funky in Hongdae. Okay. Do you remember that place? No, I don't. I don't. Don't? Okay. Okay. So, um, and so it was a, one of those underground live, live. Maybe I, maybe I was there, but I don't remember. Um, right, right. And we won't say why, because I'm old. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Okay. So, um, and so, um, and then it just so happened that that night I met a cute girl. Oh, and seven months later, we were married. Oh, wow. And, okay. And now we're going to soon celebrate our, our 18th wedding anniversary. Very cool. And that's, so, that's, and that's so amazing. That's it. And, that's and you it. hear those interesting stories. I just saw um, in the, the episode of uh, in a recent episode of the podcast, I published with um, a guy in, in Japan, Casey Bean. He's from the United States and he met his, uh, he met his Japanese wife at university in America. Um, you know, good. and I met my, I met my Japanese wife. She was teaching Japanese in Busan and I was in Busan. I moved down to Busan after a few years in, in the kind of Seoul area. Um, and there, and there you are. That's awesome. Um, you know, so, but that you've transitioned into tourism quite a while ago. So yeah. it's an interesting thing, you know, often, you know, you meet, um, you know, foreigners who are living in Korea who are in Japan, different places who are teaching, uh, you know, working as English teachers, ESL teachers and, you can often meet a lot of very negative people who are in that job that they hate. They resent it. They kind of feel themselves in it and they just wish they could get into something else. And they kind of lament and complain and complain year after year after year after year. Um, and then you, you know, you also meet people who have made interesting shifts in their careers. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, how, how did you, that would have be, that wouldn't have been, a an obvious choice for me, I suppose, or not something I would have thought of. How did you make that transition into tourism? Like, w- tell us a little bit about that. Um, it was very, I think I mentioned that early. I was, uh, uh, that it was always kind of something that was in the back of my mind. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I yeah. always figured I'd get into tourism. Um, in a, how does, how does a guy from Newfoundland, Canada get into tourism <laughs> in South Korea? <laughs> Right. Well, it's we. It was it wasn't a wasn't a quick transition or anything like that. Mm. So back in the day when 
when you were still here, I was already kind of taking people on hikes up through Pukansan National. I remember Park. that. I remember you, you were yeah. you would take groups of, yeah. of, of friends and stuff up on hikes, and people would would bring, yeah. would want to hang out with you because you knew the area well. Yeah, and, and so it kind of it kind of went from there initially. Okay, and then I thought I can make money doing this. I want to get into tourism, so I may as well charge. And um, this was after I had gotten married. Mm -hmm. uh, and so then I became a permanent resident. Okay. And then my my visa status allowed me to essentially do whatever I want. Yeah. Um, as long as I pay taxes and I'm paying taxes and then a mortgage and yeah, <laughs> own yeah. a car and, and all that all that fun stuff. Oh, yeah. Um so uh, that was, that was pretty much it. Uh, I just realized that I've wanted to always do this. I have been doing it. Now I can actually make a living out of it. Mm. And so I, uh, went back to school okay. and, uh, and then studied, that's when I did the heritage studies, okay. uh, studied tourism, tourism, tourism development, delivery, content delivery, things like that. Um, and, um, yeah. And then, uh, became a heritage researcher and then but specifically geared towards uh tourism okay so did you and then that, that was korea? it did you did you study in korea or was that something you did like uh, online through canada yeah, oh, okay yeah. okay yeah. through canadian school cool cool cool, cool. that's yeah, awesome. yeah 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 very neat yeah. It's, it's interesting how we um <clears throat> how we kind of pivot you know in life um you know, I myself and I share this story sometimes on on various podcasts I I host and, and have been on. But I mean, you know, I was when I came to Korea, that was my gap year. Essentially, I was actually working. Oh. I was working in the IT industry. I was a game development guy. Um, oh, yeah. I had uh, graduated from university with a Bachelor of Arts, uh, and then I later went to New Brunswick Community College and did electronic game design for two years. Got a diploma. And I was a 3D graphics guy, and I actually worked in Moncton doing game development and um, wanted had the wanderlust and decided I would travel. And teaching English mm. was a way to do it, to get a free plane ticket to Korea. And and uh, <laughs> and then after five years of that, and I met my Japanese wife, and I decided to go back to university in Canada, and I got my teaching degree. Um, we got my bachelor's degree oh, right, yes. in primary ed. And that's how I ended up right. doing what I do now. So now I'm an international right. school teacher. Um, mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. completely which allows me to be in a big recording studio that well, belongs to right, me. Right, right. <laughs> doesn't belong to me. <laughs> right. um, it's not my house. It's a high school. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. So this is, uh, people always comment when they see photos of the recording studio. They're like, that's amazing. I'm like, it's not mine. Um, <laughs> All right. Um, but but, but my but, tiny you know, place. <laughs> it's interesting how, how people make those pivots, you know, and, and change. So the dark side of soul tours and your mm. hiking tours. Um, I, of course, have not been to Korea in a long time. And if I, mm -hmm. if I do get to go, I would like to go. I'd like to bring my family there. I know my wife really wants to head back to Korea. Um, I would love to go on one of your tours. So tell us Absolutely. about the dark side of Seoul. And then also tell us about your hiking tours. What are they all about? Because they sound cool. Uh, well, uh, so I'll say the hiking tours first, I guess, because that sure. was... Uh, they they stem directly, like I was saying, directly from how I got pivoted into tourism. Yeah. So I do I do the um, the Seoul hike, um, 
And that name is entirely SEO. <laughs> That's search engine optimization, okay, Soul yeah. Hike. Yeah. Um, so uh, Soul Hike, but the historic trail. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so um, the we we go to a section of the national park, Pukansan National Park, um, uh, which is the national park that is famously north of Seoul. Mm-hmm. And um, despite what a lot of websites say, most of the park is actually not in Seoul. Most of it is in Gyeonggi-do yeah. uh, and in, uh, in um, uh, Goyang, Goyang City, Goyangshi, which is Ilsan, yep. and uh, in Weijungbu. So that's where actually most of the, the, the park is located. Um, so... I, ha- I was going there for so long and then developed the, the soul hike after I had started doing the dark side of soul. Yeah. And I was talking with my partner, Joe McPherson and um, who owns the tour company that I work for. But, uh, and I said to him, I don't know why I didn't think of this before, but let's add a hiking tour to the itinerary. And he's like, yes, we don't have one of those. Can you do that? I'm like, oh boy, can I? No problem. I said, I already know, I already know what the route is. I know the content. Uh, and I've been, I've done it already. So all we have to do is do the marketing, set it all up. And we're good to go. And uh, yeah, we, we, I don't quite remember how long it took us to set it up, but it wasn't very long uh, because tour development can take a long time, yeah. but we had the, we had the benefit of me having already done hiking tours before yeah, yeah, yeah. just had to turn it yeah, turn it into something marketable for the company and then set it up. And uh, I just finished one today. I was, do- I was doing one, one of these tours today, a soul hike tour. Um, I had uh, three people, two different groups, a group of two and a group of one. Uh, it was great. So we go up, we hike, we go through the trails. I share some of the, the folklore that's connected to the mountains in the, in the, in the area. Uh, and a lot of it is shamanic, the animistic religion that's in Korea, um, which often is in English, they say muism. Okay. And, uh, and so it's just the animistic shamanism, the the ancient religion in Korea, the only religion in Korea that's actually endemic to Korea. Oh, okay. And um, and so uh, I share all things like that. We visit shamanic sites that are kind of tucked away, places that you'll never see even in a Lonely Planet guide. Yeah. And uh, and we visit temples and share some stories of. Uh, uh, old legends of monks, which in Korean, like these monks with mystical powers, which are called the Gosen Chunso, and these legends of mystical monks with these superpowers and things like that. Just fascinating content. Stuff that I find fascinating. Yeah, yeah. That I relive hearing it for the first time again through my clients. Mm. And that's what I love about it. And so that's how the the tour the hiking tours uh, came about well, that sounds awesome. and uh, yeah and then um the dark side of soul tour <laughs> came about because i was developing my own ghost walk in soul okay and i had happened to mention just in passing kind of mentioned it to another mutual friend of ours dave Hazan. okay yeah, and yeah. i was chatting yeah. and i was just i was just chatting with dave one day and he's like, how are your studies going? Are you still doing your studies and stuff like that? And I was like, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, but I'm done and I have to, I'm going to develop this ghost walk. And he's like, oh, there already is a ghost walk in Seoul. I was like, oh, 
Oh man. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> Dang well, it. yeah. Well, I Who don't did that. <laughs> want, yeah, I don't want to have, want to have competition. He's like, no, it's a guy Joe McPherson that runs. He said, just get to know him. So I contacted Joe, and uh, we met up. Had never met before, and uh, we're hanging out in in Chungno. We went to a, went to a, a craft beer house in Chungno, Chungno Samga, and uh, over a few beers, I just talked about my ideas a ghost walk based entirely around folklore instead of history. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was like, "Oh well, yeah, my dark side tour is based around history." So he said, "That'd be great." have two two different kind of uh, ways of doing it and then that was it i just and then i partnered with joe and um okay uh, cool. we've been working together since 2016 and um the uh, dark side of soul tour since then has gone to the number one rank on TripAdvisor for the top thing to do in soul at night Oh, out wow. of one hundred, out of about one hundred and forty options, so it's the we worked really hard to get to 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 be the top tour in Seoul, the top nighttime tour in Seoul. Fantastic! And now that the world has reopened, uh, finally, yes. um, that must mm-hmm. be a a real uh, sigh of relief. Finally, I'm sure you were holding your breath for a few years there. Um, it was awful. It was yeah. really bad. It was really, really, yeah. And I know you had your 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 heartaches during the, well, the yeah. pandemic as well. And I mean, yeah, it, it was really rough. That was a rough time for the tourism industry. Oh. Uh, I know people who went almost bankrupt. Yeah. One of my colleagues. Um, yeah, it was. That was. Yeah, that was a really, really rough time. Absolutely. Yeah. But now you're coming back from a tour, doing a tour just today. So that's great. You know, just today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. nonstop. Nonstop. Yeah. So that's yeah. So that's a thing. Like you, um, you're you're doing a lot of things nonstop. Um, I hear you talk about um, your podcast. Maybe I'll ask you about a couple of things right now because I hear you on the dark sure. side of uh, of soul podcast that you co-host with Joe. And I have to I hear yeah. you talk about your schedule. I'm just like, holy crap, that's a lot of stuff you do. <laughs> um, and what yeah. I'm hearing in the last few episodes, I'm hearing advertisements for your new book. Um, so. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, so you, you you're writing books, a dark side of Korea, is that right, or dark side of soul? Dark side of soul. There's one now. It's kind of like not in the city, but out out in the country, kind of countryside things, right? Am I right? Uh, okay, I think you're, I think maybe you're conflating some different things. Uh, Could be. That sounds like something I'm, I do well. <laughs> I, I yes. Yeah, so so uh, just quick as a tour. Yes, I have a new tour that I started. It's going to be a springtime, and I am. I have decided it'll be an autumn tour as well. It's a cemetery tour. And so it's up in the countryside because I live in Paju, which is an area north of uh, Seoul, Goyang, Ilsan. Um, I live out in the countryside. And um, my wife and I bought our house here um, 11 years ago. Okay. And so, um, so Korean tradition uh, puts all of their cemeteries in the mountains. Okay. And uh, and there's a couple of different reasons. In the past, one of the reasons was, if people don't know, uh, Kevin, you surely remember, Korea is extremely mountainous. It's a small oh, yes. peninsula. Yeah. And it's about, if you include North and South Korea, it's a good 75% mountainous, roughly. Yeah. And, um, and so arable land was considered very valuable. Mm-hmm. So 
nobody would want to put a cemetery in arable land because they'd be like, oh, I may want to use that later to yeah. put a new rice paddy or a new potato farm or something. And so they didn't put graves on arable land because once you put people in the ground, exhuming them would have been culturally a cultural taboo. Mm-hmm. Very, very different. Actually, it did happen in Korean tradition. Re- the removing of the dead, the exhuming of the dead did happen fairly frequently. And I can share a story about that if, if you're interested. Sure. Um, but um, at that time, they didn't want to have these grand cemeteries on arable land. So they put them up in the mountains. Mm. Um, and so the cemetery tour is a light hiking tour that goes through an old cemetery where we explore uh, uh, folk belief and tradition behind burial, funerals, and death. Mm. And uh, going through an old cemetery. And uh, the one of the key features is visiting a mid-15th century tomb. Okay. That's kind of tucked away up in the mountains and just not even known about by most people. Very, very historic place, though. So that's that's uh, that's the countryside thing that maybe you, you're, you're thinking about. Um, the book, though, uh, maybe you're thinking of the comic books. Uh, yeah, so yeah, the Dark Side of yeah, Soul. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So the Dark Side of Soul, Weird Tales from Korean Lore, two comics, uh, so two in the series. I'm a massive comic book nerd since I was a little kid, since way back in the 80s. Mm-hmm. It's a massive, I love comics. Uh, I've been writing comics for for quite some time. I've published, I'm published in Canada um, and whatnot. Uh, nothing nothing huge, but all indie, indie stuff. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I decided to, I wanted to write a new comic based around Korean folklore, a uh, horror kind of horror tinged, scary, spooky ghost stories and things like okay. that. And uh, I thought, Oh, well, wow, I just put the dark side of soul name. When I was thinking of the titles, like, what am I going to call it? I was like, Oh, the dark side of soul, of course. So I called up Joe and I said, I got this idea. How about a dark side of soul comic? So you don't have to do anything. I'll get a, I'll get an artist. I'll write it. I'll take care of all that. You just help me finance it. He's like, done, do it. <laughs> and then that was it. And now two books are out. They're very popular. Um, the most popular things I've ever written. That book we're talking about that I wrote 20 something years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No one bought that. Okay. <laughs> but th- th- this is this is the most popular thing I've ever written. And it's doing extremely well. Coincidentally, right now we put in the order for the third printing of the second book, which was released in February. Oh wow! It's now May. It's doing so really we're well. We're in the third. We're doing a third fantastic. printing already. Awesome. Yeah. Doing really well. So, and then the new book that I'm writing, though, maybe you've heard this, is I'm writing a new book about modern day ghost experiences or alleged ghost experiences in Korea. And I've done interviews with people, and I have stories dating back about forty years, and some as recently with some of my recent interviews as recently as last month. Mm. so yeah so that's that's a the current book that i'm writing right now that's very cool i need to connect you with um <clears throat> i don't know if he's going to listen to this maybe maybe you are phil phil jackson phil jackson lives he's based in kyoto he's uh british and he's written a lot of um hiking tour books and uh kind of tour books oh, called cool. hidden paths of kyoto he's based in kyoto oh, nice. but he also, he's also written a fantastic book called paranormal kansai and i had him on another mm. podcast one time and he's just tromped all around 
um, this the the region of of Japan where I lived, collecting lots of great folklore and ghost stories. And it's he's he's a very interesting guy. So, um, oh, cool. Um, I'll definitely get him to. I'll, I'll send you a link to his stuff, uh, his paranormal concept. Yeah, please. Great. And uh, Phil, yeah, if you're great. listening. You you like this? Um, yeah, yeah. So so that that's so cool. You know, you've also got a podcast, which is where I'm hearing about these books. Because again, I have not right. been in Korea in um, 15, 17 years, fifteen years, seventeen years. I don't know, a long time. Um, so, but right. on a regular basis now. Um, I was saying before we we I hit the record button. You know that I'm. Mm. Uh, listening to to your podcast regularly and and hearing some great things. I'm really enjoying it. So. Yeah, tell maybe you can tell the listeners a little bit about what you guys are doing with that. Yeah, so that origin story is interesting as well. Um, so this goes back to when COVID hit, and we had a really rough time. The tourism industry uh, just was was tanked. And um, when COVID first came to Korea, it was uh, January 2020, and um, by so some background first. People would book tours well in advance, so they'd plan like a like a summertime holiday, even a winter holiday. So we we could get bookings in January for December. Oh, okay. So, and later the same year. Yeah, so yeah, and the, so mm-hmm. that's that's a sign of a healthy healthy travel industry. That means people are planning far in advance for yeah. a holiday, and so. We had um, we had just come off 2019. We had just come off of the tour company's best year. It, we had our we had our highest profits, our highest numbers. Mm-hmm. We're doing really well. And Joe and I were throwing around the idea of doing a podcast, but we didn't have time. We're like, we just don't have time to record too many tours. COVID hit, mm. and hit in Jan- late January. And by late February, every single pre-booked tour for 2020 was canceled. Mm. People were just canceling daily. We'd get the notification, canceled, canceled, canceled. And no new bookings, of course, were coming in. So within a month, all of our income for 2020 was gone. Mm. So things got pretty hairy. And so so then Joe and I were thinking, okay, well, we'll have to think about how we're going to make money and survive this you know in another way yeah but how are we going to let the dark side of soul survive what are we going to do with this because we've built it up too big we were already the number one tour in seoul number one nighttime tour in seoul mm-hmm. on TripAdvisor, and we're like we can't let all of our hard work just go to waste what are, we better do something and I was going to all these online conferences, Zoom conferences and stuff like that, figuring out what to do, hearing stories about other tour companies and whatnot. And uh, then Joe and I were just chatting. And then we both agreed, the podcast, let's revisit the podcast idea. Now we have tons of time. We have plenty of time to do a podcast. Yeah, And that's a great way to continue to deliver content Mm-hmm. content that we would like to share in a tour, but can't fit it in. There's no reference point for certain pieces of content that just wouldn't fit on a tour, yeah. but otherwise would suit what we do with the tour itself as a brand. Yeah. So we're like, okay, we got the tour, we got the comic and let's now do the podcast and we'll keep the brand 
in the public eye as much as we can. And um, so that's what we did. And that's how it started. And um, we've been doing, and so it started in March, 2020. And we just recorded a couple days ago, our 170th episode, I think it is 169th, 170th episode. It's now become, uh, we are now ranked in the top, I can't remember the percentage. It's pretty high, like top 12 or top 10% of downloaded podcasts globally on Buzzsprout. Oh, so pretty, pretty popular. Uh, and, And we're such a casual like we're sometimes drunk <laughs> to be honest when we're doing, we're doing the episodes or drinking, drinking or drunk yeah, uh, or getting drunk. And, <laughs> uh, it's, it's just such a really uh, casual podcast, but we, but we take it very seriously as well. Yeah. And we do a ton of research and um, a lot of the topics we discuss is something that both of us have been immersed in for, for, um, the better part of 20 years. So. Yeah, yeah, no, there's some great stuff. I mean, I mean, mm. I mean, there's the folklore. You guys have recently been doing the history of, of like, of, of organized crime. Um, yeah. You know, it's jokes, uh, you, baby. Yeah. Your last episode was on poverty. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that you guys are clearly, it's not you guys just sitting around shooting the shit. I mean, in a way you're doing that, but you know, your stuff you're talking from, from, from experience, from things you've read, from the knowledge you have. So that's, uh, that definitely shines through. So again, that's why I've been, I've been, I've been enjoying, um, good. It's it's a lot of fun to listen to. So everyone out there, I'll be putting a link below in the show notes. Um, (laughs) Okay. Thanks. You know, this, this, this itself is a small growing podcast now, but it will be growing bigger. And for those of you listening yeah, yeah. And, 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 and listen to the soul the dark side of soul, it's, it's definitely worth a listen. Mm. Um, mm. And some great storytelling and stuff. So I'm, I'm curious um, for anyone who's interested in moving not or going to Korea to either move there. Maybe they're, they're going to move there and be a teacher. They're going to be working there, um, transfer there, whatever it may be, or they're just going to travel there. How can they find out more about these tours? Okay, so um, most of our tours have their own websites. So Soul Hike is just soulhike.com. Okay. And you can book directly there. Dark Side of Soul is darksideofsoul.com. You can book directly there. Those are the individual tours. We do a bunch of other tours as well. Okay. Um, but but uh, the company is zenkimchi.com. Zenkimchi is the company. And then the website is zenkimchi.com. Okay, so you cool. can get all of the other tours, which we have food tours. One of our most popular food tours, and now we have three guides doing it, uh, is the Korean barbecue tour. Oh, and cool. yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. And the tour is good because you'll probably remember that a lot of Korean restaurants won't let people eat alone. Yes, I do remember this. I've 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 shared this right. with people before. How I can remember learning this the hard way when I first came to Korea, because um, I would go to restaurants and sit down. They'd be like, "No, go." I'm uh, like, "Need one more." <laughs> and I, you know, I couldn't I couldn't speak a word of Korean, and they couldn't speak a word of English. I, but they made it clear that me sitting down in that restaurant by myself wasn't going to fly. Um, no, no, and I didn't know still. why. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. And still, it's still like that. And um, it, it's the barbecue restaurants, especially just mm-hmm. won't serve as one person. Uh, and even if you say you're going to sit down, you're like, no, I want the order for two. I'm going to cook everything. And then I want to take out the rest. So they won't eat. They won't do it. They're like, no, you can't do it. It's a little bit strange. Um, I'm still, I still think they're throwing money away, but 
Koreans are just used to that, so they know. And Koreans culturally won't eat barbecue alone. Yeah, you have to be with another person. It's well, a drinking I, I think, experience. I think in Korea, a lot of a lot of things they don't want to do alone. Like for example, like go to a movie. I always remember that conversation uh, coming up. You know, people shocked when I'd say I go to a movie theater by myself to watch a movie. They're like, but it's lonely. I'm like, well, I'm not there to meet a friend or to talk. I'm, I'm there to watch a movie. Right. <laughs> right. And, you know, that's changed. Oh, has that's it? changed okay. in the last five or more years. There's um, there's really been a shift with the younger generation where they're cool doing stuff on their own. Oh. And they want it. So, um, for example, drinking alone. That was considered really weird if you went to a bar by yourself and you like if you at least didn't know the bartender, like if you didn't know anyone, you just went in, you sat down, ordered a drink and in the corner reading a book. That was weird in Korea, but now they like it. And it's called Hunsul. So you remember Sul is alcohol. Remember mm. Sul, the word? I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. Kind of picking at you if you remember some of your Korean. So <laughs> Sul is alcohol. Hun is Hunja. Hunja means alone. So okay. Hunsul is is lone, uh, alone booze. Hon Young. Young is Younghua, which is movie. So Honja Younghua. So Hon Young, alone movie. Yeah, so it actually is turned into, there's been a shift in the last few years about that kind of thing. But not everything. So still the barbecue restaurants are like, no, no, no Hon no hon kogi. You, you gotta, you gotta, no, hon, no lo, alone meat. You gotta be with people. Okay. So our, our barbecue tour is a good way for solo travelers who want to try real genuine Korean barbecue, which is fantastic. Mm. Uh, and you know, have it in Korea. Um, yeah. And they can't do it alone. They can join our tour. And then the guide shares the culture of the, the eating culture the you know how you pour drinks you know in korea politely and and things like that you learn you learn actually the food culture with with the with the with the guides so it's really good so this tour is like that and all of that is just on zenkimchi.com so you can get all of our all of our tours there cool fantastic are you guys i'm curious like with regards to social media um do you have a presence like on instagram or any of the social media places like that yeah, we suck at it, but we're on there. Okay. <laughs> and so, uh, um, um, and it's mostly because Joe mostly handles the the Facebook page, which is Dark Dark Side of Soul, and I handle the Instagram. And we're we're fairly active, but like we we we're also really lazy about it. Okay. Yeah, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's a lot of work to put into those things, right? And there's like a lot of, yeah. it's always fascinating when you meet the people who are good at it because there's also a lot of strategy and, um, yeah. you know, there's some people who really can promote their things well and really, you know, do that with those places. I'm I'm like that too. I have like bursts of like on an Instagram, like, oh, I'm pretty good with it for a little while. And then I forget about it. And it's like, oh yeah, yeah, I got to do that. Uh, it's just, yeah. It's, it's really fascinating it. because now, like, for example, in a lot of places, the way the business model works um, it's like, that's how you drive stuff to your business. Like my sister-in-law, um, in, in Japan, she's got like, she's like a florist and she has a, a brand new kind of startup floral arrangement shop and she does classes and workshops and it's basically almost everything is driven by her, her Instagram, which is really fascinating. Yeah. People you have to have it. a presence. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. Nice. That's the, yeah, we get a lot of people who book the tours through Facebook mostly because we we take out ads on Facebook. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. And then, and then there's, and then there's a book button. So yeah, we get, we'll get a lot of people who will book through um, different venues, but, but th- this is a, a good travel tip for everyone. If you're going to travel anywhere in the world, any country in the world, and you want to do tours. Okay. So TripAdvisor, Viator, which is the same company now, uh, get your guide, uh, any of these big OTAs, the online travel agents, they're fine. But please remember that they take a massive cut up to 30% of the tour price. Oh, wow. Okay. So, so when you are booking a tour through TripAdvisor or get your any of these online agents, you are giving 30% to them and not to the tour guide. So the best thing to do is use these online sites as a search engine. Okay. Go on TripAdvisor, go to Seoul, type in, you know, uh, uh, or Google as well. Best thing to do in Seoul. And and, and then Trip, TripAdvisor will likely be the first thing that, that will come up or like within, it'll be on the first page anyway. Yeah. And uh, go to that link, find it, read the breakdown of the tours, find the ones that you like, then find the company name and then search for that company name on Google. Okay. If they have a website, most of them do go to that company's website and book directly through them. And you give 100% of your money to that tour company. Cut out the middleman. And middle then man. that cut out the middleman and the middleman's taking 30%. It's madness. Mm. Um, and so you'll give money directly to the tour company, which also gives most of that money to the guide itself, the guide themselves. So you will be directly supporting uh, a worker. Yeah, that so, person taking you around, it, that person who's sharing the yeah. stories and their knowledge. Yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. So, and not to an online agency, who a lot of these agencies are corrupt anyway. And yeah, so, I've heard you guys talk yeah, about yeah. this topic before. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm always yeah, very yeah, fascinated yeah. with tourism and and that kind of. Um, I listened to a podcast based out of Japan called uh, the Seeking Sustainable Japan podcast with JJ oh, Walsh. Cool. And, and she's a, a tourism ambassador and does a lot of inbound tourism. And she has a lot of people on and experts constantly discussing like um, sustainable tourism and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And they, they do talk a lot about um, really interesting things. Maybe that's because I grew up in Lewisburg with my parents um, being employees of the Fortress of Lewisburg National Historic Park, all tourism stuff. Yeah. It was just like the talk that was always happening. You know, um, right, right, right. People always lamented that the fortress Lewisburg was at the end of the highway, so people didn't want to go there. Or and then and then, and then you had the whole thing that went on for years where people would go to the fortress, but they didn't want to stop in the town of Lewisburg and spend any money there, so they just kind of pass mm. through. But um, you right. know, it's 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 an interesting topic for sure. Um, well, Sean, thank you so much for stopping by the podcast. Thanks, I definitely Jim. appreciate it. it it's uh, yeah, it it's like ten thirty p.m. where you are. Um, I know that I'm, yeah. I'm an early to bed kind of person myself, mostly because I teach kindergarten. So I have no choice. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. That's what oh, I'm doing. Oh, and you do have to work and you have to work tomorrow. Yeah. That's yeah, right. Yeah. 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 So there's a whole bunch of little people that wait for me. And I'm usually actually even, <laughs> I'm in my classroom between six 30 and six 50 in the morning. Um, oh, wow. Oh yeah. It's I, the kids arrive around seven 50, but I need to prepare for the day ahead and 
brace myself. I don't know. Maybe that's yeah. it. Um, <laughs> right, for, right. Yeah, for the inevitable craziness that is. Um, well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it, Sean. It's been awesome yeah. to catch up, and I'm, I'm yeah. really happy you yeah, took the time to come on the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for, ha- thanks for having me on. Well, I want to thank Sean for taking the time to stop by the Just Asia podcast. Go over to... Um, Check out all the links below. They're all in the show notes at darksideofsoul.com. Check out the podcast, The Dark Side of Soul. Go follow it wherever you listen to podcasts. Again, all the links are below. Go check out what they are doing um, over in Korea. It's really cool. And again, thank you, Sean, for taking the time to stop by the Just Asia podcast. Really appreciate it. It's great to catch up with an old friend, someone I know in person, used to have drinks with, um, lots of great conversations with many years ago. Um, for all of you fine folks out there listening, you got you to gotta follow us, the Just Asia podcast, on the social medias. Follow me on Instagram at jlandkev to see what I'm up to. Check out my nature photography on Instagram at she's in wildlife. Go follow the Facebook page. Facebook.com slash Just Japan stuff. Um, yeah, you know, this is a, a carry on over of the Just Japan podcast, the same style of podcast with a, a much broader scope being Just Asia. Um, yeah, I want to thank all of the support. You guys have been extremely supportive. Um, the audience grows, the listens grow, the downloads grow. Um, please share this podcast with folks that you know who would be interested in these kind of stories. Um, who are interested in travel, adventures in Asia, all of that cool stuff. Um, yeah, so there you go. Uh, w- updates for me, not a lot at the moment. You know, we're on the home stretch. We're going to be leaving China in just a few weeks from now. So many things to do. Don't want to bore you with all the details. Tax stuff, banking stuff, shipping company stuff, finishing up work. You know, while we have really good health insurance, making lots of trips to the doctor and the dentist, all of those things, trying to get all that you know, milk as much of that as we can while we're here. And then we will be off uh, the second week of June to Japan for a month, then to Canada, and then off to Penang, Malaysia, where we start the next chapter of our lives. I'm really excited. My family's excited. It's going to be exciting. And we'll take you along for the ride. Um, this summer, I'm not sure exactly what some of the podcasts will look like. The, uh, I may be jumping back to the model sometimes, some weeks of, of a, a solo episode or me with my son, Kai, that kind of thing. Um, because we will be living in Airbnbs. So we'll see how that goes. We'll see how it goes. Um, but yeah, that's it. Uh, again, help us grow. Please leave a review and a, a rating wherever you listen to podcasts and uh, share us on social media, share us on your Twitter, your Instagram, share us on your Facebook. If you're a member of any Facebook groups, do that, do that, do that. Help us grow. Tell your friends all about us, the Just Asia podcast. All right. Well, that's it for another week. My name's Kevin O'Shea, a Canadian who has been living in Asia for 21 years. And each week I bring to you a fantastic guest who shares with you an amazing life that they're leading living here in Asia. All right, guys. Well, that's it. And wherever you are in the world, hope you're happy, hope you're healthy. And of course, check all those links below and follow us all over the place. All right. Be talking to you soon.